Hallelujah. I was just telling my friend Aaron that his battery is always charged full. You know, some of us, our batteries are low, and then you're swinging. Sometimes they are half. You keep it in the socket. This guy is... <laughs> when do you charge your battery? I don't know. All the time. Praise the Lord. And as young people, our batteries need to be charged. Shall we pray together? Lord, we thank you and we bless you because you're so, so good. Just as we're praying and singing songs, listening to testimonies, it all shows a sign of your goodness. Oh, your goodness is always running after us all the time, even when we don't deserve it. And so, Father, we pray that you come and speak to us this afternoon. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. My name is Rev D. That's a shot of young people, just for you to remember me. And I'm so happy to be here. I think this is my first time. I did put up my hand the other side to be in the three o'clock service. And so I'm so happy. I'm so happy to see all of you. I can see a friend of mine the other side is putting on a manu jacket, kind of manu oil. Yeah, I can see. Yeah, he's a friend of mine. I can see celebs like Byron. Uh, remember me in the morning, send greetings to me on TV. Yeah, I remember you. <laughs> So I can see if I have a special friend here called Tina. Hi, Tina. That is a very special friend of mine. I'm so happy to see you. And all of you, man, you're so wonderful. Just wave to me and say hi. The compassionate God. I have a question. You don't have to answer this question. You know, every day as people on the mission, we are praying for people to get saved. Not so. Just imagine as you pray, people from Chikuwo, everywhere, they come and flood this place. And it's loaded. You know all those guys, eh? People with wheelbarrows and people who have been drunk and they all come and fill this place. How would you respond? How would you react? Would you be so excited? You've been praying, remember, <laughs> that you want people to get saved. And some guy comes and sits next to you. Smelling. I didn't say that, but just imagine those things. And they are all over you. In the, what, what would be your response? I didn't hear that response. I wish I had. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Sometimes when people flood our churches, sometimes they are an inconvenience. Not so. We may go away. Because they are occupying space and we need our what? Our space. Sometimes a believer comes to church and you see, take him the other side, take him the other side. He doesn't fit here. Not so. Those things. He always says you're okay. In our churches, eh? I am just saying. So these things can happen. You're praying for something, it happens, but God, you say, mm -mm -mm, God, no, no, wait a minute. And as we watch the last series of the movie, ladies, I know you love series, not so. Mm. If I watch my Man United game and I lose, that is it. I wait for another game. It's not a series. Not so, Gerard. This guy is a national guy. He's hugging it there, even when they're losing. There are free tickets to buy you. <laughs> are you who is ahead of who? Just wait. So, Really? God bless you. <laughs> we are watching a movie here, 
and it's a series. And you've watched part one, part two, part three, and we're watching the last part of the movie. Not so. And this movie has some guy called Jonah. I don't think he's the main actor in this movie. But we might end up seeing the main actor dying in the movie. I don't know. <laughs> so we have Jonah. When you read the story of Jonah, please, when you finish, start all over again from chapter one and to the end. You will be able to get it more clear and clear. And I read the story, I was like, wow, it's as if I never read the story. In verse chapter four of verse one, and Mark read to us, and I'm not going to read it again. We are talking about the compassionate God versus Jonah, who is heartless. And where there is a name Jonah, put your name David. Put your name Aaron, put your name there as we go through the story and as we finish the story. Just before I look at that, when we talk about a compassionate God, what does it mean to be compassionate? You know, the dot-com world changes words every day. No, so someone who's compassionate, I'm not going to ask you, sorry. If you're a lady and you have a, a guy who takes you out and opens the door for you and takes you KFC and calls you at night, he's a compassionate guy. That's what we say, not so. Oh, the guy is so nice. Oh, every time he calls me, he's so good. And then when you get married, we're talking about family now, yeah? When you get married, the calls stop. Mm-hmm. So can we go out? I'm busy. I have a game to watch. So how do you find the term compassionate? Someone who is very compassionate. We're talking about God who is kind. Irrespective of who we are. Number two, we're talking about someone who is sympathetic. And finally, someone who is concerned. And we're going to see this in the movie as we finish up the movie this evening. But let's look at Jonah. Very interesting man in the scripture and in the movie. Jonah chapter 1, chapter 4, verse 1, starts by saying, but, <laughs> that means a continuation. For those who have, been missing, who have missed chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, I'm so sorry. Reverend Jared will help you to go back. <laughs> but the, Bible, the, 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 the movie starts by saying, but, it's a continuation. Well, I'll try and summarize the other parts. It says, but to Jonah... This seemed very wrong, and he became angry. Now the question is like, why is he angry? The first verse of chapter 4, we are finishing the story, and the man starts by being angry. Why was he angry? Look at the previous chapter 4, chapter 3, the last verse. What does it say? And God saw their works the people, the Assyrians, that they turned from their evil way and God repented and God repented of the evil which he, had, which he said he would do unto them and he did not. Remember the plan? God was to wipe away the Assyrians. The people of Nineveh were supposed to wipe them out. And he calls Jonah. That's the summary of the story. I need to send you. They need to be distracted. There has to be distraction. But now as we finish the movie, God is saying, I forgive these people. And what happens to Jonah? Instead of being excited, oh, thank you, Lord, for being compassionate. What happens? He is angry. 
That's when I started by asking a question. When we pray for certain things and they happen, you're like, oh my goodness, even this guy is saved. I used to pray for my uncle who is a, a witch doctor. <laughs> if I say that, you'd be like, Reverend, you come from a family where there's a witch doctor. My, my, my uncle is a serious guy who, who practices all things, but they don't even work. One time I was going to fly. They don't work. One time he calls me and I was going to fly out of the country. And he comes and says, I have something I can give you. Put in a pocket. And you sit next to the pirate. Can you imagine? No wisdom. <laughs> That's how they lie you. Please don't go there. And so I was praying for this guy. And then on my, the body of my dad, he comes and says, I am what? Saved. I've accepted I must confess, I said, this guy also, neda. Mm, 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 mm. I was not excited. I was like, you need to first go through certain things. Suffer before you get excited. I was like Jonah. I, know, I don't know whether I'm speaking to someone here. And Jonah says he is very angry. He was very upset. That's the word you use today. Just because of what God said. And then verse 2, we now see him praying. What a prayer. What a prayer <laughs> in this response. And he prayed to the Lord and said, Isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? This is what I tried to forest, to forestall by fleeing to Tashish. Did you know the reason why? You know God sent Jonah hmm, to Nineveh and he moved to the other side. Did you know the reason why? The reason is in verse 2 of chapter 4. He knew that even if I go, God was a compassionate God. He would still forgive these people. There was no need. That's number one. Number two, he was a Jew. And he was going to talk to the enemies. How do you go and pray for an enemy? How do you go there? He didn't want to be involved. And so he's telling God in the prayer, remember when I first refused. Remember when I went to Tashish? That is why I refused and you took, me, you took me to the burial of a fish. This is why in the first place. Do you know why? He says, I knew that you are a gracious and a compassionate God. I knew that you are gracious and a compassionate God. I want to ask you, brothers and sisters, do you know that God is a gracious and a compassionate God? Uh, your heads are not shaking. That means you're not sure. Is God gracious? Is a God a compassionate God? So why do we take time to cry and say, God, you forget, you've forgotten about me? Those times when you're in the valley and you're looking for things, you're broke and you don't even money, you have to walk from home. You're looking for a job. You're looking for a man to marry, but they're not showing up. And you say, God, where are you? And you still curse God. Does it happen to us? At times when we say, God, you've forgotten about me. We say those words. Even in the prayer, say, you did it for Aaron. Why didn't you do it to me? That guy has a nice car. Me, I'm still driving my foot to beach. You know, foot to beach. There's no jam with foot to beach. And then you scream at God. Let me tell you, my brother and my sister, God is a gracious and a compassionate God. The Jonah in his Sobbing and being angry, he claims and he knows that God is a compassionate God. 
And then he says, you're slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. And that's why he was angry. He knew he would do it. He knew he was great. And because he was very angry, and because he was thinking about himself, verse 3, he says, now, Lord, take away my life. Can you imagine when you're angry, what you say? <laughs> take away my life. I want to die. For it's better for me to die than to live. Why would you die, honestly speaking? Why did you want to die? It is so weird. By the time you say, I want to die. <laughs> I want to die. And many times we want to commit suicide for nothing. <laughs> because we don't trust in our God and Savior. But this time, Jonah comes up and says, I want to die. He's so upset. One, he wanted the Assyrians to be destroyed. He wanted the, the people of Nineveh to be destroyed because they were wicked. And him as a Jew in his city, they didn't like those people. So his mission was, I wish they can die. But God, because he's a God of compassion, God forgave them. And he says, I wish I can die rather than those people being saved. He didn't want to share the message of salvation with the Gentiles. I have a question. Have you wished someone dead or suffer because of their wickedness? Have you wished someone to die or suffer because of their wickedness? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I wish those people can die. You know when you're traveling, when you're moving back home at 11 a.m., 11 p.m., and you see those beautiful girls on the roadside, and you say, I wish God can wipe up all these ladies from this street, and they die. <laughs> and so that was Jonah's position, and that was his prayer. And the prayer highlights why he refused, and he's so angry at that. And we can see Jonah quoting Exodus chapter 34, Verse 6 to 7, which says, God is a compassionate and gracious Lord, slow to anger and abounding in love. So verse 4, the Lord comes in. This is a movie that we are watching. A dialogue between Jonah and God. And God, I could imagine, if I was God at this time, I don't know what you would do. You just slap this guy. You don't understand what you're saying. <laughs> When you were in the belly, this fish, I took you out, I forgave you. When you disobeyed, I forgave you. Now you want me to destroy these people? And, but you see how God responds in chapter 4. But the Lord replied, is it right for you to be angry? And he's asking Jonah, is it right for you to be angry? And verse 5, Jonah had gone out and sat down at the place east of the city. There he made himself a shelter, sat in the shade, and wanted to see what would happen to the city. <laughs> have you ever seen children who have tantrums? <laughs> you have seen them, eh? Yeah, they will go and sit in a corner now and see what it's going to do so that you can follow them up. Eh? So I could see Jonah had tantrums here, and he sits under the shade. Let me see whether God is going to do something. And remember, he is angry. I think he wanted God to do something. <laughs> so he sits there, which is very interesting, with tantrums all over, and he sits under the tree. 
Oh, my goodness. Every time I look at Jonah, I'm like, God, I hope I'm not like Jonah. <laughs> I'm preaching, but I don't want to be like this man. Oh, it is worse. But God is a gracious God. So we see in verse 5, he sits under the tree. And verse 6, we see God responding. What a nice movie. Then the Lord God provided what would have been the opposite if God was to react. <laughs> God was to wipe, to punish, to kick him out. But you see God, what did he do? Being a compassionate God, being a gracious God, this is what he did. God, the Lord God provided. Uh -uh, say that again with me. The Lord God provided. Do you think Jonah deserved this at this time? The man sits the other side. He says, let me just watch. And he's under, the sh there's no shade. But God provided a leafy plant and made it grow up over Jonah to give him shade where he is. Can you imagine? Such a loving God. Very compassionate God. He provides. Even when you're there angry. Even when you are sobbing, you're against God's will, the Lord makes it for you. And he provides the shade for him to put his head and be comfortable. Praise be to God that the Lord knows our desires, even when we don't deserve them. Praise be to God that the Lord knows our needs, even when we don't deserve them. The Lord will provide even when we don't deserve them. I always caught the COVID period. The first time when we were locked in the house, I don't know, Aaron, you're in Nairobi. Haven't you told us you've been in Nairobi? Welcome back. I'm out of the country. <laughs> That's the time when we were locked in the house and you couldn't move. My goodness, that was a time I had a lot of food. I was even looking for someone to give to. I even don't know where it was coming from. I imagine you have the same testimony. That God, even that time, he was gracious. He provides even when we don't ask because he knows what you need. Are you in need of something today? Are you praying over something today? The Lord is compassionate. The Lord is gracious. He knows what you need. At the right time, he will provide. And this Jonah didn't even deserve this. But the Lord saw him and provided a shade so that he can be comfortable. That's the God we serve. Praise the Lord. He is a caring God. He is a loving God. He is an awesome God. He is an all-knowing God. He knows what we need at the right time. And he provides irrespective of who we are. Psalm 121 verse 3. What does it say? Of head. Do you know Psalm 121 verse 3? Ah, ha, ha, memory verses. What does it say? Without opening your Bibles. <laughs> Psalm 121 verse 3. That's verse 1. I said verse 3. Mm. He will not allow your what? Memory verses. <laughs> memory verses. <laughs> he will not allow even your foot to what? He watches over you. He never sleeps, no slumbers. And we see God, a gracious God, who watches and is watching over Jonah, and he protects and gives and provides to him. Do you believe that God is going to provide what you need this week? 
Do you believe God is going to provide the wisdom that you need? Do you believe God is going to provide that that you have prayed for for 10 years? God will still provide because he's compassionate and he's gracious and he provides. And verse 7 to 9, God is now showing Jonah who he is. He provides but withdraws to teach him a lesson. And he's asking him a question. I love the question. But at dawn the next day, God provided a worm. We chewed the plant so that it was withered. <laughs> I love the movie. <laughs> Very interesting movie. God puts a plant and now he provides a worm. And the plant is removed. Oh, that is the God we are talking about. And when the sun rose, God provided a scorching east wind. And the sun blazed on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. He wanted to die. And he said, it would be better for me to die than to live. And now God is asking him, is it right for you to be angry about the plant? Remember, it's God who provided. And he's now testing him. Is it right for you to be angry over this plant? Remember, I'm the one who provided. I'm the one who sustains. I give and take. Everything you have is from me. Everything you have is from me. And that is what God reminding us. He has the power. He has authority. I wrote here that he's a sovereign God. He provides and he can take. So whatever we have, that is why it's very important that we exalt the name of the living God because he is the author of every situation. Praise the Lord. Now some of you have your car, you have a house, you have a husband, you have money, and you're so proud. Oh my goodness, I have. This is mine. No, it belongs to God. And if you want to test God, he has the power to give and to take away. And the only way to show that it belongs to God is to come before God and exalt his name. And say, God, I am the CEO of this organization, but it's because of you. God, I am in this position, but it's because of you. God, I have this husband, I have these children, I have the man I have, but it's because of you. Taking time to exalt God because he is the author of everything that we have. Praise the name of the living God. And God showed it here. He provides a plant and even provides the worm and the thing is gone. And he's testing and he said, if you're angry, then, then he summarizes all point in verse 10 and says, but the Lord said, you have been concerned about this plant, though you did not even tend it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and died overnight. And should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left. And he's showing that he has more concern over his people than anything else. Wherever you are, you are very important before the Lord. Everyone here, you are so, so special before God. Never look at yourself and think, I think God has deleted me out of his, what is it, phone book. <laughs> he doesn't even care about me. You are special, each one of us. And he says, the 120 people who you think are wicked, who you think are 
deserve destruction, I must take care of them. Irrespective of where we are, God is still waiting. No matter how much we have fallen, God still waits. He's a compassionate God. And all he wants is you to come to him. He still loves you and me. There's no sin too big for God. Nothing. There's no sin too, too big for God. I went to Rosera to attend to those inmates in Rosera. And I, was, I went to the women's section. And this woman says, you know what? I don't think God will ever forgive me. I think I've done the worst thing on earth. <laughs> this was a lady who went to prison, I think, at 20 years. And now she was 56 years. And I, went, I was waiting. So what did you do? Said I was uh, vibing this guy. And he had a wife. And the wife had six children. And because I wanted this man, and the man decided not to take me up, I was so angry. So I put fire on this house, and all the six kids died. And then he says, do you think God will ever, ever forgive me? I want to ask you, do you think God can forgive that person? Do you think God can forgive that person? Yes. If I'm a girl and I abort ten times, do you think God can forgive me? Hmm? If I'm a, a gentleman and I break people's hearts, 20 hearts per month, do you think God can forgive me? <laughs> I'm now coming down to your positions. You know there are gentlemen who are so specialized at breaking people's hearts. Do you think God can still forgive you? I am being real to life. Sometimes we do things, and every time we are confessing, you're like, God, that one, I don't even think about it. I know you will not even forgive me. And you think it's too much for God. Let me tell you, there's nothing too hard for God. Bring it to God. He says, even if your sins are as red as crimson, that blood that was shed at the cross we wash you and be as white as snow. Praise be to the name of the living God. Yes. Come to the Lord with total confidence, knowing that he's by your side. And he's so concerned and about the 120 people in Nineveh. Let me conclude by right, four points. I want to mention four points. The lessons we pick from this story. Four key things. Number one, avoid being self-centered as a Christian. Do your best to avoid being self-centered. One of the things as Christians, we are so comfortable. I'm the praise and worship leader. I'm in this cell group. I'm in this. We are together in this. Not so. And any other person who comes in, kind of, <clears throat> we are the holy ones. Eh? You know that thing. This one doesn't know how to pray. This one doesn't know how to sing. Cannot even give a testimony. Be in the other group. Can we avoid being self-centered? People need Christ. Let's come out of our zone and go and speak to them and preach to them. Let's not have the heart, the Jonah heart. Let's come out of our comfort zone. 
People need to get saved. And once again, they get saved. Let's receive them in our homes. Let's receive them in our cell groups. This youth group, I mean service, must grow. And for it to grow, we must be receptive and receive people in this service. Praise the Lord. Number one, avoid being self-centered. When you're praying, and I'm praying and say, God, I need, I need. Lord, do this for me. Lord, it's me, 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 me. Amen. And you can't even pray for so and so. Let's continue to remember others as we walk with Christ. Number one, avoid being self-centered. Number two, forget not all his benefits. Forget not all his benefits. The Lord is so good. The Lord has done so much that we cannot tell it all. That's the song we usually sing, the Nigerian song. Eh? Nara, Nara. He has done so much that I cannot tell it all. Then all of a sudden, boo-boo, your pockets are dry. Say, God, you forgot about me. Don't even care about me, God. <laughs> and then you forget what God did for you. And so, forget not what the Lord has done. And I can see from chapter 1 to chapter 4, when you look at the story, God was compassionate with Jonah. That God sends a wind and it is swallowed by this fish and God takes him out of the fish and forgives him. And now we see in chapter 4, Jonah is saying, mm, he's angry with God. What else do you want God to do? Let's not forget that he's a compassionate God and remember him at all times. That's why we sing that song, your goodness is running after me all the time. All the time, his goodness is running after us. Number three, God is sovereign. Power over nature. God is sovereign. He has power over nature. God is sovereign. He has power over nature. Just imagine God spoke and the world was created. Hallelujah. God spoke and Aaron was created. God spoke and you were created. Even in this portion, we see God speaks to the plant, and it is, and he speaks to the worm, it comes. He speaks, and things are being done. He speaks to the wave. He speaks to the fish. That is the sovereign God that we serve. If God can speak to all that, how much more can he speak to our situations today? The situations in our lives. It's a matter of just speaking, and things are done. Speak and things are done. So all you need to do as a child of God and as you walk and say, God, I have this assignment. God, I have this project. Please speak to the situation in my project. And God will speak and it is done. God, speak to my account. It is in red. And God will speak and it is done. All we need is to do is to know that God is sovereign and he can speak and it is done in the name of Jesus. Do you have confidence in God? Do you know that he can do it? Even when you've waited for five years, he still can do it. I was working with a couple who got married. These days, you know, the pressure is too much. After three years, this couple was waiting upon God for a baby. And so the man told him, by the end of this 2021, 20, 20, when 2022, 
if you don't conceive in 2021, I am going to divorce and separate. After only two years in marriage, that's the pressure we have. And so the lady would come and we'd pray together and she would check. Now we're in the hospital, she would check. There's nothing all the time. And so finally, end of Feb, this is March, not so. End of Feb, the man says, time out. Please pack your things and go. So the lady packed her things, crying, and she went home. I don't know. As we were praying, I told her we're in the Lent period. I want us to test God. That God can do a miracle. Even if you have waited for only two years, remember, it's only two years. These days, the pressure is too much. I said, let's try God. God can do it. Keep praying this Lent, and God will make a miracle. He says, but now I'm leaving my husband. Now I'm even going to get pregnant. So now she lives towards the end of Feb. Five, I think less than five or six days, she comes, she goes to the hospital, and she says, I just want to check. I feel like I want to. <laughs> Faith! And does the check, and she is expecting the baby. Can you see how God is good? And then she says, where did this baby come from? <laughs> I waited for two years, and the man chased me. Now, see, that is who God is. That he remembers you at the right time. He's a compassionate God. And now the lady is very excited. She was even telling me, I should first tease this man and, and give him a lesson. Because now I'm pregnant. I'm not going back. He needs to first come begging on his knees. You know those things. Because I'm a winner in Jesus' name. <laughs> and I'm like, do what God tells you to do. So he is sovereign. Please do not give up on God. One, avoid being self-centered. Number two, forget not all his benefits. Number three, God is a sovereign God. And number four, in capital letters, he is a compassionate God. Very compassionate. His arms are always around us. When you see a dad walking with a child, his arms are always around us to protect us, to govern us. Jonah, he would have left Jonah all by himself. But all the time you could see, he was shielding and teaching him a lesson. I'm still with you. Even when I push you to the other side, I'm still with you. He's like the prodigal son, the father. His arms are stretched waiting for the son to come. That is the God that we serve. And remember, we are his children. That when we cry, he's able to deliver us. He is a compassionate God. God is for us. And if there's nothing that will separate us from his love, not even sickness, not even death, not even unemployment, not even, not even singleness. Oh, I love that. What, what was, what is, you have a conference for the singles. What's the theme? Uh -uh, the priority. I remember the theme for the single. Reverend Jerry, I'm going to give you a theme. One time there was a single, they had a camp. And, and the theme was the brother next to you. Ah! I was like, come on. <laughs> Everyone was chasing. I need to go and see who's next to me. So, please. I know. So, I'm giving you a tip. If you want them to come for prayer, just say the brother next to you. They will come and shout and pray. Hallelujah. So, he is by our side and he will never leave us. 
irrespective of our condition. <laughs> Let me ask that we stand. Shall we stand? God is telling me this evening, someone here, you feel like you've been away from God. You feel like what you did, God will never forgive you. You feel in your heart you've been too stubborn. And you feel maybe God will never understand. He's a compassionate God. Someone here, you've prayed over something and nothing is showing up. And you feel God maybe has deleted you from the list. You're part of that list. The goodness is running after us. His goodness is running after us. I'm going to sing that song. And as we sing about the goodness of the Lord, please put yourself in that position. This is just between you and God. Jonah had his time. In his stubbornness, God was still compassionate. God showed that he was sovereign. He is still sovereign. He is still a great God to you. All my life he has been faithful. All my life he has been faithful. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. Yes, Lord. Every breath that I am in. I don't know whether you mean those words. Yes. Oh, I have been Yes, of the goodness of God. Let's try again. All my life he's been faithful. All my life you have been faithful. We're declaring his goodness. All my life you have been so, so good. Every Of the goodness. 